And always, uh, Holy Spirit, I ask you today, Lord, just wear me like a glove, please. Help me speak, help me say what you would have for those that are present, both here and wherever they're watching or listening later. And Lord, today we just come and we honor you, we worship you, we learn of you and from you together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All of our church family, I just pray for me. We're going to take a bit of a change just for today. Uh, I have every intention to keep going with the little series we were intending to do, but uh, to be honest, just over the last weekend, I hadn't had 100% peace on that. We'll come back to it uh, next week, uh, And but this week, I just want to, because it's Easter, I just want to make sure, and what's in me is that there's a real understanding of what has happened between heaven and earth. For our benefit, right? Because I know we all come from a very churchy background here in the South. We all come from a very religious place. Um, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with neither church nor religion. I know that might be a shock to some of our grace folk, right? But uh, how many of you brushed your teeth? Yeah. Come on, just be, be honest. Congratulations, you're religious. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all religion means is you consistently, perpetually do something. So hopefully we're all religious about brushing our teeth, yeah. wearing deodorant, taking a bath. Yeah. Amen. So there's not necessarily anything overly wrong with religion, but because we come from a place, I just want to make sure we understand what actually happened. Because guys, listen, what happened this weekend, 2,000 years ago, literally changed everything. It transformed reality. In a big way. How many of you, you think Jesus came so you could go to heaven? Don't be honest. Do you hear anything? Jesus came so I could go to heaven. Anybody? Two people. Come on, now you're not going to raise your hands for nothing. Come on now, be honest. Hey, listen, do you understand that, that Jesus didn't come so you could go to heaven? Jesus came so he could put heaven in you. Amen. So that's a big difference. How many of you have ever heard a preacher say this? Jesus came so he could populate heaven. Have you ever heard that before? He could fill heaven up with people. Have you ever heard that before? You understand Jesus didn't come so he could fill heaven up with people. He came so he could fill earth up with heaven. Amen. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Some of y'all can get really... You're way more powerful than you know. And it's way more important what we're celebrating and what we believe. Amen. Yes. Go to Romans chapter 6, please. And let's start there. And again, Holy Spirit, help me. Hmm. Amen. Guys, listen, we all understand, you know, Jesus, he came. And I'm just having a bit of fun. How many of you think Jesus came to die for you? Come on, y'all play my game wrong. How many of you think he came to die for you? Right? Can, can, I, can I fry your fritter? He didn't come to die for you. He came to die as you. See, that, that little word is a big difference. Say that again. He did not come to die for you, He came to die as you. Right? He, he came. It's very important that you understand that. Right? That he took your place. Right? Now, again, on Friday, being Good Friday, is when we celebrate when Jesus died as us on the cross. And as us, he became our sin. Do you understand that Jesus just didn't carry your sin? It wasn't like a heavy suitcase that you couldn't lift. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, here, let me help you out with that, Josh. You can't handle that. I'll tote that for you. No, Jesus didn't come to carry your sins. He became your sin. He was transformed from righteousness to sinfulness on the cross for you and I. Does that make sense? Because listen, now listen. How many of you know... Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead for you. Hallelujah. 
He resurrected from the dead as you. That's why now we don't live for Jesus. We live as. And again, I know that might again fry everybody's fritter just a little bit. But that was the exchange. Yes. Everything was a two-way exchange. He became my sin as me and gave me his righteousness so that I can be as him. Amen. See, that's what we call salvation. Yes. Salvation isn't God putting up with me. Right, right, right. Because sometimes we preach that, don't we? Yes. That he's up there, he's just trying to put up with you. He's just, you know, Selena, he's just trying to put up with you, you know, because you're just somewhat, man, you're, you're messed up. I'm picking on her because I'm married to her. Right? <laughs> I don't want to do that. And she's not, does that make sense? Yeah. But when we act that way, yeah. you know, God's not putting up with you. That's mm-hmm. good. That's right. Did you know that? Did, did, I love what Brother Andrew Womack says. Do you know God is not mad at you? Yeah. He's not even in a bad mood. He's not aggravated. He's not irritated. He's not frustrated. That's right. Did you know that God in heaven, because of what Jesus did this week, God is excitedly seated in heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have you ever been so excited about something? You know, like you make, you know, yeah. Christmas, I don't know, say you're a gift. Something's about to happen and you know it's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you're all excited. Have you ever been that way before? Yeah. And, and it's there, and, and you're sitting there. Many times that'll happen to me when I'm preaching at different places. Mm-hmm. Right? We were at, a, at, a, at our friend's church in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Because what the Lord showed me, I'm, lit, I'm sitting on the edge of the seat. And we all please shut up. I want to go now. And let's go. Come on. Now. That's enough announcements. That's enough stuff. Let's go. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, God sits that way in heaven. About you. Oh, that's a beautiful picture. Amen. That he, because of what Jesus did as us, he is seated at peace, but it's not like he's kicked back, right? He didn't hit a little bit, he's all chill, right? He's, come on. He's, He's at this excited, expectant, peaceful, Ready to go. Oh, and he's like an MMA guy. You ever seen MMA? You know, they got the high people. Oh, that's God about you. Yes. Every time you kind of get close to Jesus, he's like, oh, what's about to happen? <laughs> Come on. And the moment you halfway go, okay, he goes, whoa. And everything of heaven yeah. pumps into your body. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I really because of what we're celebrating, the yeah. resurrection, you and I have been eternally, permanently, and vitally joined mm-hmm. with God. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus said things like this. I am the trunk of the tree. You are the branch of the tree. Everything that flows through me will flow through you. That's why John the Apostle said things like this. As he is, so am I in this world. Not in heaven. Not one day. Not after I die, right. right now, because I believe as he is, so am I. How is he? Can you just take a moment and think about that? How is Jesus right now? He's excited. So are you. We call that word good Christian, what's called joy. Right? How much sin is Jesus struggling with right now? None. How about you? Hallelujah. None. How much sickness is Jesus struggling with right now? None. How about you? None. How much worry and anxiety mm-hmm. is Jesus going through right now? Oh, there. None. 
That's right. Come on. Yeah. Come on. How worried is Jesus that the Chinese might take over the world's economy? <laughs> That's right. Come on. That's right. Come on. Listen, as he is. See, the resurrection mm-hmm. brought us as he is. Mm-hmm. The resurrection brought us vital union with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, where else you go? Y'all, y'all help me. I'll pray. Y'all home folk, y'all pray for me now. So somebody here is, is, is on the edge. Somebody here, right? <laughs> Amen. God's up there today. He's like, oh, they showed up. Oh. Amen. Romans chapter six, it says this. Paul says in verse one, he says, so what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace can abound? And Paul says, well, duh. No. That's Brad's version. That's the redneck version. I'm working on the RNV translation of the Bible, the redneck version of the Bible. That's what I'm working on. But Paul says, well, well duh, no. Right? And why does he say duh? How shall then we who died to sin live any longer in it? And the answer is, we can't. We can't. We, we don't. Right? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you say he is your Lord and Savior, if you say you want to follow him in your life, then I want you to try these words on this side. First, I say, I am, I am sin free. Sin free. How many of you that kind of felt a little, hey, a little funny? That's what Paul was saying. Hey, listen, you died to sin. Why? Because he died as you. He died as you, so you died to sin. Amen. Amen. That's exciting. That's exciting. Come on, y'all. If you're here and you have struggled or you still feel like you're struggling with anything, just quit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. There, there's a great theology. You can go home, YouTube it this afternoon. You ready? I want you to take a note. This is his homework. YouTube. Just YouTube. Bob Newhart. Stop it. All right. That's what you Now, for all the younger people, us older people, you remember who Bob Newhart was? Yeah. Bob Newhart was kind of a comedian. And he had this little show. But I want you to go home and Google Bob Newhart. Stop it. And watch that. And talk about that in regards to sin. That's awesome. Very good. Amen. Because if you feel like you're struggling with something, Bob Newhart's going to let you go, stop it. (laughs) That's all it's going to take. Stop it. Right? Or do you not know, it says, that as many of us as were baptized into Christ. How many of you here were baptized? You went through water baptism and you did it with your whole heart and you believed Paul just says, you realize that when you were baptized, you actually were baptized into Christ. You weren't just dunked in the water. That was just symbolic of you being stuck inside Jesus by the Holy Ghost. Come on. You were vitally united to him. See, so you, when you accepted Jesus, what the Holy Spirit did was is he took your spirit and he stuck it deep into Jesus' spirit and tapped you into God and sealed it with himself so you can't mess it up. <laughs> oh, come on, y'all. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. Yes. Again, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm excited. So so, yes. I'm hoping one of y'all going to get excited with me. Somebody's going to get excited. <laughs> so, see, see, do you understand, you know, one day Jesus is going to return. Mm-hmm. 
But what Paul says this is when he returns, those of us who are alive and remain, and we get to literally see him, it says this is what happens. is when you see him, you'll recognize yourself and you'll be instantly transformed into what you've always been. That's exactly what Paul said. Paul said, you look up and go, oh, that's me. It's like when you go in the mirror, right? And you look in the mirror, you don't go, oh, well, there's Kurt. <laughs> but guys, that's, that's, how, that's how we think about it when we talk about, we think we go look and, oh, there's Jesus and him and I are just completely different. That's why over and over it says it's a mirror. It's a reflection. And when you step and you look into Jesus, you actually are seeing yourself. Come on, does that make sense? It's like Selena and I have been together so long. This is my wife. For those that don't know, this is my wife. We've been together so long, we have that wonderfully aggravating problem that married people have. Right? As I go places and I walk in and they know us, they look at me and they go, hey, where's Selena? <laughs> like, oh, hi, Brad. How are you, Brad? How are you? They just look, hey, where's Selena? Oh, well, nice to talk to you, too. <laughs> and it goes both ways. They'll see her and they'll go, hey, where's Brad? See, we, we've been together so long that to see one of us is to expect the other one. And when the other one isn't there, it's odd. Yes, we just wide a little bit longer. Even it gets better. It gets longer. But listen, uh, listen. See, we're married to Christ. Yes. And in the realm that is actually realer than now, the realm of the Spirit, that is what it's like. That's what Paul said that day when that demon-possessed girl was there. I'm sorry, let me back up. Mm, not that story. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It was about the seven uh, men from Skiba, uh, the seven sons of Skiba, mm-hmm. right? And they were trying to cast out this demon, right? And the demon spoke back and said, Well, we know Jesus and we know Paul. We have no idea who you are. Yeah. And it says, and they kind of kicked all their high knees and tore their clothes. <laughs> but listen to me, do you understand that connection between Jesus and Paul? That they were so known in the spirit that even demons said, yep, I know Jesus and I know Paul. They're the same. See, today, what you celebrate is that you have been vitally united with God. Mm. So you were baptized into Christ. You were baptized into his death. So it says in verse 4, So therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as, everybody say just as. Just as, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, now say, even so I, even so I should walk in newness of life. You know what that newness of life is? You walk like a resurrected Christ. Now what Paul said? Yes. Hey, listen, we realized I was baptized into his death. Therefore, if I was baptized into his death, then I also, just as he rose from the dead, I now walk in a whole new kind of living. Wow. I've told this story numerous times. I think I've told y'all, but there's, there's new folk here. Right? You know, when we pastored in Canada, it was a TV show that I kind of kind of geeked out on, Sam. It was called Pimp My Ride. Anybody ever see Pimp My Ride when it was on TV? Yeah. Right, and it was the Pimp My Ride, you know, and the stories would go, you know, they'd go find somebody's old busted whatever, you know, it was old, and they had, you know, it was granddaddy's whatever, or it was whatever, and they would do this thing, and they would steal it, or they would somehow hijack their car, you know, and the one episode I was working on, you know, this guy, and it's so funny, he had like, a, he had like one of those gremlins, one of those really like, Lemon cars, right? Like a Pinto or a Gremlin or a Pacer. I mean, it was other. But it was his daddy's or something, and he loved it. And so his girlfriend gets in cahoots with a TV show, and they pretend like somebody stole this dude's Gremlin. Which, number one, who in the world would ever stole (laughs) it? 
But they, and so he's like all upset. He's going to the police, and the police are in on it. And meanwhile, they're working on it. And he was a fish guy, so they literally put an aquarium in this dude's car. So he had like a whatever gallon aquarium tank in there, and he could ride with his fish and a big sound system. Because <laughs> you can't take your fish on a walk, I guess. You know? So it's like, but anyway, so it's there. So I'm working, and, and, and I'm seeing this, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to make an amazing sermon series. I'm going to call it Pimp My Life. <laughs> right? That, that, that's what Jesus, he came, he took my busted and my disgusted life and he pimped it out and tricked it out and put some add-ons in it and did this kind of stuff and bam, and the big reveal. And, oh. So I'm there in my office a whole week. You remember when the whole week I'm working on this, I'm editing up videos, I'm going to show it up. Because we did church in a movie theater, which was really cool. So we could put it on the big screen and I could do all this kind of stuff and I was working on it. Get all the way to Friday. You know, God just don't mess with you. He lets me work on this thing all the way to like Friday afternoon. I'm putting the finishing touches on it. And the Holy Spirit just real quiet on the inside. He says, now, you know that's not what I did, right? And I remember stopping going, um, apparently not. He goes, I've never taken anyone's old life and made it better. I destroyed their old life and gave them a brand new one that never existed before. Because until I came united with Christ, there was nothing called Brad Holloman united with God walking on the planet. Listen to me. God didn't just renovate your old self. He didn't somehow kind of make you better. He literally came in and transformed you into his image and united himself with you so that you could become his dwelling place. Amen. And he would live and abide and make his home within you. Yes. And then from you, he would begin to exercise heaven's rights on the planet. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Uh, uh, sure. Is it, am I getting somewhat excited about being yes. saved? Yes. 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 Amen. Yes. And if you're not quite saved yet, are you excited at least to consider the idea? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, okay. Is that? Yes. Listen to me. So here, here's the story. This is what happened. And, and there's so many scriptures we could take all kinds of time and, and we rightfully should. I, I'm going to just tell you the story. Take notes. If you have questions, talk to me. Email me. I'll give you the references. Good. Yeah. Does that make sense? But for time's sake, I won't have time to walk through the whole thing. But guys, there was, there was motion that happened yes. this weekend 2,000 years ago. So see, Jesus, do you understand? Just trying to pay. So Jesus comes. He's born that first Christmas, right? He lives for 30 years and he steps out of obscurity into the light of his place as king of kings, right? And he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the power of God. And he is living as you and I live now, which is a spirit-filled, God-filled man, free yeah. from sin, free from judgment, free from condemnation, walking around on the earth, just listening to Father and doing whatever Father says to do. That's why Paul says Jesus was the first of many like him. He was the first of many who would be just like him. So he is the pattern in his life of what you are now. Because I mean, again, this whole man. Anybody got a favorite Jesus story? Come on now, who's got a favorite Jesus story? Can you think about your favorite Jesus? Give me some shout-outs. Favorite Jesus story? Go. Huh? Madman of Gadara. Very good. Healing of blind Bart. I love it. One of my favorites too. Anybody else? Favorite Jesus story? The woman with the alabaster box. Anybody else? Oh, the lady that freaked out and 
The, the, the lady with the issue of blood. I call her Flo. So Flo reached out and grabbed me. Yeah, that's her. Amen. <laughs> that he messes up this lady's funeral by resurrecting her son. Huh? Nicodemus, right? This is, huh? David, as I know, that's always David killing the giant. Now here's, in your Jesus story, who are you? Who, so, so Mary says, the wings of his garment. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's who you are, is yeah. the wings. I actually played that part in the Christmas game. <laughs> that's awesome. Who? The dead son. You're the dead son. Hey, listen to me. Many people, when we talk about our favorite Jesus story, many people identify with the wrong character in the story. Do you know why God left us so many Jesus stories? So that you would know who you are because you're Jesus. You understand? There may have been a time where I was the lady with the issue of blood. Or I might have been. But when I was changed by his presence, the stories are there. To show me myself. Hey man, come on. See, because that's right. And for you, that's exactly. See, you're, yeah. See, you've been vitally united with God. See, that's what the resurrection brought us. Is it sealed? Now back, so Jesus is there and he's living as a spirit-filled, spirit-led, God-united man on the earth doing what his father said. Then he goes, as we know, and the time, and I love that, like, uh, you know, Caleb and I were talking the other day, he says, well, you think, Daddy, you think God has like champions? They ask, well, sure, we're all his champions. But really the ultimate champion was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking like, like Marvel type stuff. Do you understand that See, they couldn't kill him. Mm-hmm. No. Do you understand? Because he was so filled with God, had no sin, no defect in the spirit. If, if he hadn't have died on the cross, he would have lived forever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. You know, we thought about that right. with God. Wow. If he hadn't have died, he would have, he'd still be here. Because there was nothing in him that would kill his physical body because he had no sin. No sickness. Amen. That's why Jesus said, nobody can take my life. I only can give it. I can lay it down. And even in the point where, remember there was like three times Jesus rubbed everybody's cats so far backwards they wanted to kill him. You remember that? <laughs> right? He got them all riled up and upset and they turned and they would go to kill him and he would go, oh, not, not my time. And he'd just leave. <laughs> and it's just like a superhero. He just, well, not my time. He just walked through the crowd. Nobody could touch him. Right. Nobody could hurt him until he laid his life down yeah. as us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he did that, he became our sin. And he dies, right? It says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that then he descended mm-hmm. to the lower parts of the earth. This is, do you understand that Jesus also went to hell for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is that new to anybody? Mm-hmm. So Jesus had to pay for it all. And he did pay for it all. But see, Jesus paid our punishment in hell. As you. That's why we who believe are very confident we'll never see hell. Why? Because I've already been there through him. Come on. And it says he went and he goes down and then in that time where he's there, it says then at the end of those three days he leads captivity captive. And simply what that means is 
And, and again, for time's sake, you know, all the believers of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. they were saved just like you and I. Mm -hmm. They believed in God and it was counted to them for righteousness. There just was no Jesus yet to, to die as them. Mm -hmm. So they went to a place called Abraham's bosom. That's why Jesus told us that story. He said there was a certain rich man and a certain beggar named Lazarus, not Jesus' BFF, but another fellow. Mm -hmm. Right. And they died. Lazarus goes to a place called Abraham's bosom and the rich man goes to hell mm -hmm. based on what they believed. Mm -hmm. Very good. Right. Mm -hmm. But in there, there was a place. So when Jesus, he's there after he pays our punishment from there, he goes to, he crosses the chasm Jesus talked about. Yeah. Shows himself to the people in Abraham's bosom and leads them out. That's why it says in another place that at his resurrection over the period of 40 days, people were seeing Jesus and other saints of old walking around Jerusalem. So, That's awesome. So it's like, you know, like, and then you go, well, how, how many of you know you'd recognize George Washington enough? If he came back from the dead. Hey. Well, they knew that about Abraham, and they knew that about Isaiah, and they knew that they would have recognized enough in their own culture to go. Do you understand? He goes, he leads captivity captive. Right? It says in Revelation chapter 1, it says he then strips, because he paid for it all, he strips from Satan the keys of death, hell, and the grave, which basically represent authority. Does that make sense? Yes. That's why you never have to fear the devil. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Because he no longer has any authority. That's right. None. Because Jesus took from him everything that was his right given by Adam. The only thing he can do now is talk us into being less than Jesus would make us to be. Because the only thing he can do is to try to convince us that's not who you are. You're not really free from sin. Yeah. Come on. You're going to struggle with this your whole life. You're not really free from sickness. You're not really free from... You're not really... Come on now. Did, doesn't it sound like the beginning of the story? Did God really say? Yeah. Yeah. Did he really say you're free? Is that what he really said? Now surely he meant spiritually. <laughs> Guys, are you with me? Yes. See, this is the resurrection. But then it didn't stop. So Jesus comes back from the dead. And y'all remember that first resurrection morning? Amen. Mary, not his mama, but the other Mary, she, she got up early and she was going to the tomb and she was going to do some final touches, I guess, on Jesus' embalming or something like that. She had some stuff with her and she's going to, I don't know. You know. <laughs> she was, maybe she's a funeral home director. I don't know. But she, she was going to go do something, right? And she gets there and she's all shocked because the, the stone's rolled away. The tomb is empty. She goes, oh my goodness, they've stolen his body, mm -hmm. right? These evil, dastardly Democrats, or I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> We're always going to blame somebody, right? We these evil, dastardly people, whoever they are. Maybe it was Republicans. She might have been different. Maybe the Republicans got him. I don't know. Does that make, but somebody stole him and took him away. And then she bumps into a guy that she thinks is the gardener. Yeah. She goes, Mr. Gardener, can you tell me where they took him? And then he opens her eyes and she goes, oh. And she goes to grab him and to hug him. And he stops her and says, don't touch me yet. I haven't gone to the Father. Mm -hmm. Well, see, all throughout Scripture, it says, well, then what Jesus does after that is he ascends to heaven and with his blood cleanses what's called the mercy seat of heaven. Basically, he goes, and again, for time's sake, uh, all the stuff you read about in the Old Testament, the tabernacle and the temple, all these things, they were, it says they were merely copies of what's actually in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, so, so that was what, when Moses had the idea from God to make the stuff he was going to make, God was just saying, hey, listen, I need you to copy this. I've got one of these over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make one. These look like this. This is like mine. You need to make it look like this and do that because this is like mine. And it says that Jesus went and he cleansed heaven. Now, why is that important? Because, listen, at the very beginning, Adam was a man from both planes. Yep. He was a man of heaven because God breathed into him. He was a man of the earth because God formed him from the dirt. Adam could move in some degree between both places because he was from both places. And see, when Adam disobeyed God and rebelled against God, he severed the connection that went that way. But Jesus came and restored the connection. Does that make sense? And again, I don't have time to go into it, but it's really cool. But I mean, that beforehand, you ever wondered about poor old Job? And I don't want to get too far into Job. But you ever, everybody always said, well, how did, how did the devil get to heaven anyway? Because he had Adam's right to enter. That's right. Adam ceded his right and of access. But when Jesus sprinkled his blood, he closed the access. Amen. We were talking about this. Do you understand? Have you ever heard these phrases that now Jesus intercedes for us on our behalf? Again, if we're not careful, what we do with that is we turn God back into the three stooges. Remember, about, or we talk about the three stooges. Anybody know who the three stooges? Do you know who the three stooges are? Right? Now, many people think God is like the three stooges. They think God the Father is like Mo. He's just mad and smacking everybody around. Right? And many people think that Jesus is like Larry. He's just trying to keep Mo under control from destroying cities and doing stuff. And, right? And then they think... The poor old Holy Spirit's like Curly. He's just going to get on you and make you go whoop, 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 and spin around on the floor, right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Look, that, that is not God. If we're not careful when we hear that word about intercession, it makes it sound like that Jesus is up in heaven going, now God, don't get mad at Carl. Don't get mad at Carl. God, now remember I paid for him, God. Now you can't, you can't smack down his stuff because he's one of mine. Be sweet to Carl, God. That's not what that means. See, see, and Selena, I talk about this. Selena can intercede for me at the bank. Why? Because we're one. I don't have to be present for her to do certain things. Why? Because we've united our life together. And so she intercedes on my behalf as me. And it makes me matter and a hatter when the bank doesn't do that anymore. And I yell at my banker on the phone. I say, this woman needs access to all I've got. I'm too daggum busy <laughs> to be talking to you every second Thursday because you're trying to protect me from stupid. So when I, and he now knows, hey, listen, here's a copy for Selena. We open a new account. He just knows. Here's a copy for Selena. Make sure she signs it and gets it back to me because she can have access to everything. Does that matter? But listen, that's intercession. That's right. Yeah. Do you understand? Now when Jesus, because of the resurrection, he sits in heaven and he speaks for you in heaven. That's right. Yes. And then you and I here, because we're united in his spirit, when you pray, and you speak his word and you speak his name, you're interceding on his behalf down here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're one. Mm-hmm. You've been joined together with him. Amen. Yes. Isn't that cool? Yes. See, that's why Jesus says things like whatsoever things you bind up on earth, they'll be bound up in heaven. And whatever things you loose on earth, I'll loose them in heaven. Do you see that you and Jesus, because of the resurrection, you get the privilege of echoing each other. We just simply call that things like prophecy. 
He is speaking from his place in heaven and speaking to you and I. And then when I speak it out, I'm interceding for him and I'm declaring the voice of God in earth. Amen. And then when I go to pray and I speak his word and his spirit over my situation and I go to him as the one who is my advocate, he stands up in heaven and goes, this is what will be for Brad. Yeah. Amen. 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 Listen to me, guys. It, it, yes. See, we simply call these things salvation. We come together on nice pretty days and get dressed up in cool outfits and call it Easter. <laughs> or the Resurrection Sunday if Easter rubs your cat backwards, right? But that's what that means. That's why it says in here just a couple of pages over in Romans. And I'll end here. Hmm. This is in verse 5. So Moses writes about the righteousness which is by the law. That the man who does the things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven. That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss. Do you see this motion again? Like you're going to bring him back up from hell. But what does the righteousness of faith say? It says that the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It is in your heart. It is the word of faith which we preach. Now notice that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that you've been vitally united with him through his resurrection, you'll be saved. Do you understand? That's why the resurrection is so important. It, it's not just that I'm believing God that He just simply raised Jesus from the dead, and we're like, "Wow, that's all." And then again, if that's all it was, please here, somebody coming back from the dead is still pretty stupendous. Yes. I mean, so I'm not trying to downplay somebody coming back from the dead. In and of itself, it's amazing, but it's bigger than that. Because he was raised again from the dead and you believe in his resurrection, resurrected life, that is what unites him with you. And then pours his life into you. So that then filled with his life, you get up today or tomorrow or later this week and you look death in your world in the face and go live. Yes. Be healed. Amen. Be restored. Amen. Be delivered. Amen. Be changed. Amen. Yes. Amen. Come on. See, that's salvation. That's what it means to be saved. It's not just so that I can secure some eternal future for the day that I die. Or I can just miss hell because I don't want to go there. I used to have fire insurance for many years. I just yeah. didn't want to go to hell. And that's living really small. Yes, it is. And when Father showed me, no, son, you'll, don't worry about hell. I took care of that. Coming to me and being joined with me is so that I can fill you with myself. That's right. And then I will walk life with you. And through you, I will pour heaven out on earth. Through you, I will pour salvation out on earth. Through you, I will pour healing out on earth. Through you, I will pour prosperity out on the earth. Through you, I'll make wrong situations right. I'll make wrong right. Right. Exactly. Again, in my things, and almost daily, I say this over myself because of this. I say, Lord... I am righteousness. Yes. It's not just something I possess. It's literally who I am. Yes. And righteousness, it emanates out from me like a force field. Like literally an energy field. His righteousness. And I've seen it in Mexico when that man walked within four feet of me and God cleared him up. He was drunk, he was high, and he walked into a bubble that I could not see. And when he walked into it, he was delivered. Yes. 
See, it's righteousness and it emanates out from my heart. And what scripture says is, and it's like a force field that comes from me. And if anything evil passes through it, righteousness turns it to good. That's right. Amen. That's right. Changes it. Yeah. Transforms it. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Are you with me? Because of the resurrection, the blessing of God is on me. And I'm not talking, it's on you too if you just believe it. And literally, I touch stuff and heaven gets on it. Amen. You ever gotten little kid greasy fingerprints on your window? Yes. Ever done? All y'all are little bitty people. Y'all know that. Yes. Right? I mean, I, I was riding Nick's new truck yesterday, which was awesome. And, yes. and, and his little girl, Leah, got some bubble gum on the seat buckle. And we were very glad she didn't get it on the seat. Amen. <laughs> but I was thinking, but I just thought, man, that's just, you touch stuff. And, and blessing comes off of you onto things. Amen. Your hands are sticky mm-hmm. with the blessing of heaven. Yes. And you touch stuff and heaven gets on stuff. Yes. You become aware of it. I think Peter finally got to a place where he was so aware of it. He knew it was in his shadow. Yeah. yeah. So he would walk intentionally so that his shadow would cast mm-hmm. over sick people. Wow. And the mere shadow passing over People. Amen. Healed people. Amen. Paul knew about it so much he knew it was in his sweat. <laughs> because it said he would be working as a tent maker and I don't and he would wipe his brow with a handkerchief and lay it down and somebody would steal it. <laughs> <laughs> and go take it and lay it on a demon possessed person and the spirit would come out of it. Yes. Lay it on a sick person and they'd get healed. He'd have to go to the bathroom and he'd take his apron off and somebody would steal it. Mm-hmm. And go lay it on people because they knew there's so much of God yes. on them that yes. if I can get my hands on their clothes, yeah. Yeah. I can go heal people with their clothes. Listen, that was what the, yes. that's what the world believed. Yes. Mm-hmm. But how do we know that's what they believed? Because that's what they did. They were walking, you know, and they're like, Peter's coming. Where's the shadow? And they're toting grandmama, <laughs> trying to just catch an edge. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's, right. That's why we are called Christians. Because the believers in Antioch were so much like Christ, they said they're just a bunch of little Christs running around this place. And that's why later, spoken of those same believers, the the Pharisees and the non-believing Jews said this, those who have turned the world upside down have now come to our city. Guys, listen, come on. It's my heart Mm -hmm. that I'm known that way. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That I'm so aware of the change that has happened in me that people know. I've seen glimmers of it in my life. I've seen, I told you about Poncho in Mexico walks through a bubble. I've been, when I would think on it and I'd dwell on it for years, I would notice people would look at me. And I'd always check, am I fly down? And I've got a booger hanging out my nose. You know, and I'm, my suit's all okay. And finally he says, they just see, they just see me on you. Guys, listen, I'm talking about me because I can't talk about you. Mm -hmm. All I can do is tell you that this is the truth and it's reality. And if you'll believe it, it'll be the same for you. In Canada, people would introduce me and they'd say, this is Brad. He's Jesus walking. Mm -hmm. It was easy to get people healed. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that's you. Yeah. That's you. Amen. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes, please. And if you're here today, and I've been talking to you, and you can say, Brad, I've never heard this before. I've never imagined this before. I thought we were just going to get a nice little something and go home and eat ham. 
But here today, you would want to say to your maker, Father, do that to me too. Would you just somehow raise your hand and say, Lord, that's me. Do that to me too. I see that hand. Change me that way too. I see that other hand there. Praise God. Anybody else who want to join these two say, Lord, that's me. I want to be just like you. For some of you here, there's no more playing. Had an Iranian brother in Canada. He'd say, Brad, you got to quit poking it with a stick and you just got to jump in. You've been here and you've just kind of been poking the Jesus thing. Just jump in. Can we join those two that raise their hand? Let's say this. Say, Father, Father thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Today, Today, you are my Lord. You are my God. And I give you my whole life. Father, fill me with you. Change me. Today, I want to be you walking. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.